You're listening to The Real Enneagram Podcast, A Spiritual Quest, brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. Welcome back to a podcast entitled The Real Enneagram, A Spiritual Quest. Today, Dr. Joseph Howell talks to us about the journey of becoming conscious and about the sanctity of life. As always, he brings wonderful insight into both of these topics. I hope you enjoy. Hello, all of you. I'm so glad that you've taken the time to come to The Real Enneagram, A Spiritual Quest. It's the first part of 2022, and this beginning month in January uh, gives us pause to think about becoming conscious and how we can further that cause in our own lives. For me, becoming conscious is a daily thing. I think consciousness is never really arrived at. I believe deep down that it is an infinite process of rejoining the divine, which is where we came from. And therefore we came from an infinite mind. And because we are part of that infinite essence, we can never really get to the bottom of who we really are, because it would be like getting to the bottom of who God is. In Enneagram studies, we're very interested in becoming more conscious. That's the title of my first book, Becoming Conscious. It is a rendition of how my pathway with the Enneagram made understandings come to me that beforehand would never have come. These understandings were great principles that I was not really aware of, maybe in fact, but not in application. And we know that any true knowledge is not just a fact. It has to be applied if it is to be truly known. So, for example, I can know that all lives matter, not just white lives or brown lives or yellow lives or black lives. I can know All lives truly matter. However, in conscious being, the rationale goes one crucial step further than that. Consciousness sees no hierarchy of mattering, no categories of does matter or doesn't matter, no hierarchies of A employer matters more than the employee. In fact, 
there is only one category for all human life, for those who have truly applied the principle of consciousness that all lives matter. And that is that category of the sacred. In other words, lives don't just matter. And lives aren't in any categories or hierarchies of mattering. For those of you in the conscious life, all lives are sacred. This takes hierarchies off the table. It helps us know that a pope is like a pauper. A president is like a citizen. A queen is like her maid. And we're on a level playing field when it comes to the sacredness of life. You know, the primitive tribes, if we go through history, were very respectful of their dead, even though they were very primitive and many didn't have religious institutions such as we have today that have developed funeral practices and honor the dead among us. But they knew to bury their dead in hallowed places in some sense of the body and the spirit's transcendence. You know, primitive peoples lived as early as 5000 BC around an area that you may be familiar with in England called Stonehenge. And these tribes were known, and we have proven this through archaeological research, to have buried their dead in services that honored that person's life. Along with their bones are objects that meant something to them, whether it was a trinket, a small primitive doll, a piece of ivory, a shell, or a semblance of a weapon, some kind of jewelry, that we can tell that the personhood of that person who had died was honored at their death and that they were buried along a river that had sacred significance for them. The river, of course, still exists, and to this day can be walked along, and the graves 
of those who died 5,000 years ago can be passed by. And, if you wish, you can stop by any one or more of these and have a sacred honoring for that mother, that father, that grandmother, that grandfather, that aunt, uncle, that child of 5,000 years ago whose feelings and hearts were just as valid as those of our own today. Of course, we know that in Egypt, even before 5000 BC, there were extensive practices of burying the dead, not only among the kings, but among the everyday citizens. But when cultures developed into being very, very complicated, a hierarchy of mattering occurred. And people began to be ranked in cultures according to their roles, according to their proficiencies, according to their power, according to their money, according to their status. And these same hierarchies exist today in our social registries, in our leaving people out who don't belong, and in the hierarchies of society that today we live in called the caste system. This all came about because of the ego. The ego of humanity found a way to exclude people, to unmatter them so that they could be more glorified. It's not a pretty picture, and we can't all be equal in terms of the proficiencies and talents that we have. This is just not true. We cannot all be an Albert Einstein or a Susan B. Anthony. But the divine significance of our lives is all equal. And when we use the divine measurement to judge our lives, all life is sacred. Conscious people use the divine instead of the egoic measurement of including and perceiving human beings. I have a dear friend who lives in Manhattan, and having just moved there, he is getting very used to the practices that go on in the inner city. Of course, he goes 
on the subways and he walks and he's a quite a runner. And when he is out, he notices all walks of life. But he has been told by the longtime Manhattan residents that there is danger out on those streets and that there could be people who may accost him for various reasons. And to avoid that, he was given the advice not to look at anyone in the eye. This was a bit of curious advice as I perceived it, but possibly possibly it had a lot of merit that is a danger out there for all of us. But I was more interested in the metaphor of the eyes. What do they mean? They mean that whether we look into the eyes of a king or a street person, we are looking into eyes of the essence. And there is an automatic connection when that essence is, in fact, connecting with another essence. There is no hierarchy, none, when it comes to essence. And that connection is instantaneous when we look at each other through the eyes of the soul. The Enneagram helps us go to our soul. It helps us understand our soul child, how we were when we were very young, how we operated out of innocent and unconditioned principles, and how free and full and happy we were in that state. Those people who are becoming more conscious are really returning to that blissful state. Of course, you and I know that because the world does have dangers and because we have to live in the logistics and practicality of this world, we cannot have the bliss afforded to us as soul children. There were parents and caretakers who took care of us and we were once removed from the the responsibilities of watching out for dangers and making sure that all of our needs were met. That makes for a wonderful and blissful existence. But even today, we can recapture part of that bliss when we go to our soul child, re-inhabit that little body and come into contact with the divinity and sacredness of our true nature. That's what the Enneagram in its most profound rendition helps us do for ourselves. That's not a little or insignificant 
benefit from the Enneagram. It is major. It is life-changing. And as we study our ego and learn how to drop the parts of it that are not helpful and amalgamate its wisdom and the parts of it that are very helpful and that have a lot of energy, amalgamate it into the larger being of our soul, we become absolutely new creatures. We become absolutely new creatures. And these new creatures are you and me walking in more consciousness, having much richer and fuller and freer lives, and really enjoying the depth of our souls and understanding the arisings of each moment that beforehand would have been insignificant, passed over, jumped from by going to the past or going to the future. In our institute, the Institute for Conscious Being, students study the principles of consciousness. And they study the sanctity of life. And in so doing, have a better idea of their own sanctity. John Donne, in his famous lines, no man is an island, and the second famous line, never ask for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Never ask for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. These lines give us a glimpse as to why all life is sacred. And that is because we are all invested in each other, whether we know it or not. We are invested in our progress toward our own soul. We have skin in the game for our brothers and sisters because everything that they do also affects us and vice versa. There's a lot to think about in conscious being, but please consider studying with us at ICB. Go to theicb.org. That is T-H-E-I-C-B dot org. And look at the programs that are available for you, no matter where you live, because our programs are offered not only in person, but virtually. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. That wraps up another episode of The Real Enneagram, brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. If you're interested in furthering these conversations, please reach out to us through our Instagram, at The Real Enneagram. Or, if you're interested in our upcoming trainings or other resources, please visit our website, www.instituteforconsciousbeing.org. Thanks for listening.